0: Knock, knock. Who's there? A program director. A program director who? A program director who needs money now. Isn't there a grant for that? Oh. (laughs) Mm. Yep,
1: sounds like a joke, but sadly it's a reality for all grant professionals.
0: (laughs) Understanding what grants can or can't do for your organization is important, not just for the person who might write the grant, but for colleagues and especially leadership. It's also important to know when to say no to a
1: grant opportunity. These conversations aren't easy. Sometimes your organization needs help
0: learning the right way to facilitate these discussions. The team at DH Leonard Consulting trains grant teams on how to approach these strategic decisions. Reach out to them at DHLeonardConsulting.com to learn more.
1: (music) Well, hello there. I'm
0: Kimberly Hayes Day Muga. And I'm Amanda Day. And you're listening to Season 5 of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. Season (laughs) 5! We're just a little excited. Oh, it's
1: just. mm. So, anyway, we're excited to be here and we're here to help you make sense of the complex world of grant writing and fundraising, whether you work for a nonprofit, local government, or are a consultant who serves them. On Fundraising Heyday, we will cover the how-tos, so don't worry about that. But we also want to explore the whys of things, including poking the great bear of inequity that roams the world of philanthropy.
0: Okay, that makes me giggle because when my daughter, who you know is a bit of a handful, was in pre-K, she often... Was told, uh, rather, other people around her were told, don't poke the bear. I understand. <laughs> and still to this day, uh, we don't like to poke the bear. So no uh, one, I no love one this likes imagery. That,
1: including the bear. So let's just move <laughs> on. A a um,
0: but of course, we're saying we're gonna do it. We're gonna so. do
1: it because sometimes you gotta poke the bear. Because sometimes the bear is gotten out of
0: hand. And this is true. It needs it needs it. So, but as always, we're doing this every two weeks with the help of experts in the field and our particular brand of entertainment, which I'm hoping y'all like. Because if you're still around, because um, you know we may break out into song and cheesy sound effects mm-hmm. and yeah. an occasional y'all, yeah. but um, that's because learning doesn't have to be boring. So, let's. Get to today's topic, y'all. Pew! That was the let's get into today's <laughs> topic. Pew! We have a new sound effect. This podcast
1: is brought to you by our season five sponsor, DH Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Don't let grants stress you out. Their team can help you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, mock review, as well as providing numerous DIY resources, guides, and templates. Did you know that with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com? Check it out today.
0: Well, hello, friends. And once again, welcome back to season five. We're so glad to have you here with us. And as always, it's a treat to see my pal Kimberly across the microphone. Yay! (laughs) And the feeling is
1: mutual and... Mutual about the fifth season and just mutually
0: agreeable for all of us. All the things. All the good things. (laughs) Well, I've got an exciting topic to kick off our season, and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this, Kimberly, because I know you have (laughs) thoughts and feelings. We're going to talk about knowing when you should write a grant.
1: It's true, and I would like to say that the when is a bit more complicated than just understanding when the deadline is.
0: Yeah. Sadly, I've met many a person who doesn't think so. Um, But the longer I find myself in this line of work and the more organizations I work with, the more I realize this really is a complicated topic. And certainly deadlines do come into play. Fair, Yes. But to be competitive, it's much more complex than that. It's true. That's true. And what got me thinking about this was an interaction I had with a client not too long ago. So we don't need the way back sound. No, this, I mean, we could do a little, (laughs) (laughs) that's super far back in time, but had a client that hadn't been going after grant funds at all and should have been. All right. right. And so they, you know, so I usually start off with some prospect research just to see what's eligible out there that meets the needs of the things. Cause you know, if if there's no matching things, then why even bother? Right. So we, we, I get the work done and I have a meeting set up to present to them. And usually what happens for me, and I, I'm sure every grant consultant does it differently, but usually I don't go line by line over every grant. Typically, my first meeting is just hey, I want you to understand how to read this, you know, I have an Excel spreadsheet that shows information about deadlines and different things. And so they can then later spend some time mulling it over and thinking about it. And then later, we can come back and start talking about what our game plan is like, that's fair, kind of how I operate. And as I explain this, they basically, as I, I said, for instance, row one, let's go over this. And the executive director was like, oh, we'll use that for this grant. Okay, next line oh, we can use that for this one. Hey, write this down, right? And I mean, literally, she wanted to go over and she, in some of these deadlines, like there were a couple that were quarterly, right? Right. And so like a few of those that were quarterly and I was like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's take a few months. And she's like, no, but that one's due in two weeks. Let's do it. Huh. Oh, yes, oh, is right. Like the, the longer I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, this is not, this is not how it needs to go because um, it's it just, you need to make sure you have your ducks in a row. And turns out they didn't have it, right? So I was like, okay, tell you what, let's pick one of these and let's work for it. Because I figured, you know, maybe this could be our case study where I can go through going, hey, you're going to need to provide me with this, 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 and this. Right. And sure enough, crickets was happening. And then they wanted to know why the grant wasn't submitted because they didn't have the things, right? Um, and nothing wrong with that organization. They were a very well-run organization. They took care of the needs of their community they just were not grant ready, which means they weren't ready to write grants.
1: I think also that's just funny because um, if y'all don't know I'm here in, in Stately Canton, Georgia in our <laughs> in, in Amanda's beautiful house and, and beautiful uh, home office here. and um, I came up a little bit earlier before we started recording and had a similar experience with a client and I would also say, Whether you're a client or an employee, sometimes it's also really good to understand when when the right time to start a grant is very important. We are going to give you lots of information and share our experiences, good, bad, and ugly. But the other thing to think about, too, is sometimes the person seated with you, either on the screen as a talking head or in that room, how they conduct their, what is the nature of their business and that will drive how they interact with you on grants. Right. Because this morning I'm working with, with, with an agency that's that's very um, um res- emergency responsive. That's yes. what I'm going to say. And there's nothing wrong with that, but risk being reactive, responding to an emergency in the moment and always being geared toward that. That's not the same mindset that is easily applied to when to write a grant because they're two different things. Oh yeah.
0: Well, and y'all have heard Kimberly say this many times before. I love her analogy. You could take 9 months and have a baby or you could take 9 ma- months and <laughs> fully develop a really good grant proposal and program and all of that good stuff, right? It's
1: I'll even give you 6 to 9 months, you know, yeah. but it's like it's just the same thing, but if you're if you're working with an agency that they are used to Fielding the emergency delivery of a baby instead of, instead of, yeah, instead of, instead of, okay, wait, what do we have? What do we have? Because it's a very different process and experience. So sometimes I guess I would even say there's a step back. If it's you, if you're either new on staff or been there for a while and are just sussing out, why are things a unique brand of crazy? It could be, it's just a different mindset.
0: Well, and that's the first time that has happened to me. And so it just, I I learned a lesson Mm. that part of my job. Is I needed to do a better job of educating from the get go. Yeah. That, hey, even before we start doing research, going, let's have a frank conversation about what your expectations are and what I can tell you the reality typically is from the grant side. And so it's just, you know, the more I consult, the more I learn these things like, oh, okay, if I have to do that again, this is how I'm going to do it better this next time. Yeah. So,
1: and I think it's also, we've been doing this for so long, like anyone who's been doing it for so long and is good at it, you forget that what you know. I'm regularly reminded every day of what I don't know, let it be said. But um and what I need to know and what I should have known. But the I assuming not assuming that people completely understand what grants are about, even if they're highly competent and indeed run a magnificent organization, that doesn't mean that they understand how grants work.
0: Oh well, I mean that's fair enough. We wouldn't know how to
1: perform exactly, an open heart but surgery. So so, time, but you know, you were yeah. like, okay, and she's like, all oh, the grants, no, 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 no. And it's like that is uh, okay, you could work it that way, <laughs> oh, <not> and <laughs> there, I know I know people who work in that. I would say hailstorm or hellstorm of grant um, grant um, dysfunction, but that's not something I'm interested in. And ultimately, it's not very. Um, you're not, you don't have a very competitive proposal because yes.
0: it's just all over the place. And then there's burnout. You Quality to of with. life. There's just, yeah, lots of things. Okay. Well, why don't we go ahead now then and jump in yep. to covering the things you need to consider and the things you should have in place before you even think about developing a grant proposal. So this is kind of like, don't even start looking for grants yet. Let's start figuring out, do we have the things in place so we can write a grant? This also gets back to the 80-20 about grant
1: development in general. 80% yeah. of the time you're running around getting some stuff we're starting to talk about here. And 20% of the time you're writing. So grant writing is really a misnomer. But that being said, let's get into it. So I would say if you are if you are um, working with or working for in some capacity a nonprofit organization or an organization that says that they do nonprofit work, job one, are they classified in some permutation of a 501c3 that's what makes nonprofits eligible for grants i know they're all they're like advocacy organizations and a sort of associations but for the purposes of this conversation we're talking straight up a 501c3 and they've got the letter to prove it and this is especially crucial if it's a newer organization because um, it can be a process, but yes. it'll stop. And that doesn't mean not everyone has to be a 501c3. We've got, I'm sure I've ranted several times in episodes about that. That may not be the answer, but if they're operating as a nonprofit agency, they got to have that little piece of paper and that EIN number um, to even qualified to receive grants so that could stop that grant readiness train right in its tracks oh yeah
0: and of course you know part of that too to really truly be a nonprofit. besides the letter you've got to have your board that meets quarterly and oh yeah there's some things there's, there's things,
1: things. things but, but that is happening. the first job one to make you eligible to prove to a funder it's like here is a copy of the letter and here is the all-important you know,
0: in yep. number. Yep. And you hear that a lot about making sure your nonprofit has that paperwork. What I don't hear talked about very often is the fact that local governments That's have true. some requirements as well, right? So as a local government, you're not a five oh one C three. But each state is probably going to have some different requirements. I can only speak to the state of Georgia, since that's where I live and work. But in Georgia, there's an organization called the Georgia Department of Community Affairs. And their job is to ensure that every local government, so cities and states, or cities and counties here, rather, have their qualified local government status, okay? Mm -hmm. Which means every 10 years, that organization has to... uh, create a comprehensive planning document that has to be approved by all the right people. Um, You have to have been approved. There's some water programs that have to be approved. There's a couple of different things. Um, And so, and if you're not sure here in Georgia, if you just go to the DCA website, type in qualified local government status, it'll show you, I think there's four things. And if you're not, agency is not qualified from one your name's going to be on there in front of the public to see and so and if you're not qualified you cannot receive a lot of state or even federal funding um, until you get that back and so you've got to make sure you're qualified so it's kind of it's almost like it's not a 501c3 letter but it's something similar it's a version of
1: that Yeah, and for those of us who have been you know if you've been listening for a long time thank you if you're new welcome This may sound like old hat and why are we talking about it, but we're talking about it because we need to help folks get best prepared to seek grants. And if they don't have this paperwork together, or if they tell you it's in the works, you know, if they're singing some song like it used to be in olden times, oh, the checks in the mail. No, (laughs) it needs to be in hand. It needs to be Um, scanned into a file where you can download it and and attach it easily. These are the things that have to be in place before it's the right time to write a grant.
0: Well, and I've worked with an agency before that assume they were qualified had their qualified local government status and i go to check for something and they weren't and it wasn't because they hadn't done the work but somehow whatever they had sent in had been sitting on someone's desk and hadn't been forwarded it was just kind of a it was a check in the mail kind of situation (laughs) and so it happens and so these are just things you need to check on regularly and again it's You could have, like I said, that that organization I was working with is an organization that had been around for over 50 years and was very well run. But they just because they could do the work they're doing doesn't mean that they were necessarily grant ready. And that's these are all the things kind of organizational grant readiness here.
1: Um, Another thing on tap and I kind of makes me laugh a little bit to say this, because when I first started writing grants, I was all about the writing, not understanding the other 80 percent that I would need to become conversant in and then actually must be in place before any pretty words can go on a page and that's having an organizational budget, or as Amanda was talking about an agency budget or a department budget, depending on whether you're working with a nonprofit or a local government agency. I just, I'm at the point in my career, I just don't want to hear about it if they don't have, budget in place. And I don't mean to sound cold, but it's like, if you don't have a budget in place and you are a nonprofit, chances are mm, something's up. And if you um, don't have anything written or approved or any kind of guidelines or anything, that's a red flag for me that not only are you not grant ready, but you may not even understand how to manage grant funds. And it's, Again, it's just sort of part and parcel of being a nonprofit. There's plenty of good work that goes on through mutual aid societies and other things that where you don't have to be a nonprofit. And frankly, I don't think you should. But if you are and you are wanting to get out there and you're wanting to get grants, you've got to show it. Just like if you're applying for a, a car loan or a house loan or whatever, you got to show that you can handle the money. Um, that's what you got to do.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and I think this happens more often with younger nonprofits. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, They probably started off, you know, like many of them do. Someone had a great idea. They put a little money into it. Families and friends donated. And it's grown into this thing. And they're always like, well, we just money in, money out. You know, they just that's (laughs) I I don't know how many times it's like, well, we raise this money and we just turn around and put it right back in so we don't have a budget. (sighs) Oh, but we have to have something on paper. But but
1: you know what? You could operate successfully like that as a nonprofit. And and there's no shame and there's no wrongdoing as long as you're able to do something for your 990. But to get grants. Yes. That's what I'm going to say. Yes. You got to have this, this kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, I, and I've used that. I've told this story a million times, but it's like, you got to be this tall to ride that ride. Yeah. You've got to have this kind of stuff to be, uh, to be competitive or in many cases, even just to apply. Yeah. So if you're having trouble at work and you want them to listen to a couple of middle-aged ladies joke about this with cheesy sound effects <laughs> to explain your point, I'm down for
0: it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs>
1: um, Another thing that um, I spent more and more time, it's funny, Amanda used to write mostly federal grants, and I used to mostly write foundation grants, and now the Dodds Attorney. I know they and are. I'm <laughs> writing more federal grants, and she's right. But anyway, all that to say, I'm having this conversation about this next topic a lot, and I'm very detailed about it. And it's have you registered to actually apply for federal funding online? Starting with, are you registered in SAM.gov, Grants.gov? And if I get blank stares, I'm like, do you have a DUNS number? And then if the blank stares continue, I'm like, hey, y'all, that's cool. But it's going to take us about four to six weeks to get you set up on there. So if you had your heart set... On a federal grant that's due in two weeks, first of all, I am not your girl. <laughs> <And> <laughs> nope. Second of all, you're not going to be able to do it because you you haven't passed that most basic hurdle. Um, also, there um, um, is a Department of Justice that's just grants, yes. you know, which would make a lot of sense because of the name. All of those things, I spend so much time helping people through registration process or telling them, hey, if it's not in your department, maybe it's the city finance department, because that's usually where they handle it. Somebody there might know, can you make a call? Can you do these things? It's like I'm just I'm coaching on government paperwork, which cracks me up. But <laughs> um, but it's so important. Yeah.
0: Well, and the reality is, because like you said, we have kind of switch roles. I'm doing more and more like smaller family foundations. And a lot of them have online portals where you have to get registered United Way. Has no. these. Yeah, when we started. Yeah. <laughs> that was yes. that was the groan of doom. It's like, no. Oh, the depths of Mold Yes. That's so bad. a lot of agencies have these where you've got to have a username and a password. And you know, oftentimes try like you said, it's like, well, who created it to begin with? You know, I well, oh, I think I think Jimmy, who was here 12 years ago, was the last one to do this in the FEMA portal. Okay. Well, does anybody remember, (laughs) you know, how
1: you got, you got Jimmy's address down in Florida. Can we, can you hook us up here?
0: Exactly. And so Um. having it as a consultant, um, it's been interesting. I, there's one, a client I took over from another consultant and God bless her. She has been very kind. I, I haven't had to reach out to her in a while, but like the first year I worked for that client, I'd get into these places where I was like, sometimes I would have some of her files where she would have the password written down, but sometimes I wouldn't. And when I would, you know, say forget password, well, the email is getting sent to her. Yeah. And so thankfully I could just shoot her an email and say, Hey, heads up, you're about to get something from such and such. Can you forward it to me so mm-hmm. I can get everything transferred mm-hmm. over to me? Um, and so we were able to you know, make that work, but th- thankfully she's still around and was super nice about it. What if she had, like you said retired and moved to florida never checked your email what if you know people i've known grand people who've had co- colleagues who've passed away and it's like how do we get <laughs> we, into this we are not now? immortal <laughs> no. so yeah it's just but you've got it it can it can take some time as you can imagine it's not always as easy as oh i'm ready to start writing the grant no. today so no there's there's just a lot to think about
1: I would say that's sort of a tip of the iceberg, but obviously there are other standard attachments and forms and things that you should have on hand. But um, those are the bare bones basics. Like if your organization or the organization you're contracting with doesn't have those or don't know what those are, I would say if you're a consultant, before you take on that contract, understand where you are and where they are in their organizational development. And it's okay, either way, you can help them and coach them along the process either way. But I also would put in um, a a word of advice too, if you're working through portals, but you're setting up things in Word templates, uh, um, or rather Word documents, excuse me, using templates from the portal, so that you have a document you can work with and then cut and paste, right? Yes. At the top of that rascal, why don't you just go ahead and put the login information?
0: I do the same I thing. Just,
1: I just—I'm sure most of you do that, but if you don't, it's going to change your life.
0: Mm-hmm. So just
1: put that in there. So, I'm gonna, Amanda, I think you're coming up on something faster. Yeah. So if
0: that—that's s- kind of grant organizational readiness. You betcha. Um, Part two here talking about is you need to have a documented need. And I think we've talked about <laughs> this before, right? If you don't have a need, then why are you writing a grant? <sighs> oh. Yes. So um, it's not enough just to know, hey, we want money. Okay. You need to have information about what it is the need you're trying to serve. So have you talked to the people that organization is serving right oh what a novel concept which it could be through surveys it could be through interviews it could you know the community at large you could go to other meetings i mean but you need to have some feedback from those you're serving to make sure you truly are still meeting the need and what those needs are because yeah if you're not if you're not from
1: If you don't live or work in the, with, if it's a geographic population or if it's, if it's people who look differently than you, talk differently than you are are from different places and you want to serve them, I just really, man, don't, don't roll up in there thinking, you know,
0: yeah, Mm -hmm. ask and listen. Yep. And then in addition to that, do you have data to support those claims? You know, whether there's we could heck do a whole podcast series probably on oh. places to go to find quality data. And they're
1: out there. They
0: are. But you need to be able to, you know, it's one thing to just say, hey, people need help. Well, how do you know that? Well, you know, because according to the U.S. Census, blah, 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 or according to recent test scores at our school, yeah. kids are not, you know, understanding Multiplication facts, so we need an after-school program or whatever
1: it is. Crime right? data, um, um, annual um, home counts of homelessness. It could be yes. there are all kinds of things. Now, if you're working with an agency that doesn't collect any of that information but wants to, then you could use, you know, you could try and get as localized data as you can, and then maybe help them look for capacity-building grants where they could build in some sort of way to track and monitor and talk about in a, in a data driven way. I mean, it's all is not lost, but you need no. to either have it or have a solid plan
0: or reasoning as to why it's not possible to have that information. Exactly. And the more you have that sort of information ahead of time, the much easier it's going to be for you in writing that grant. Cause you're then not spending mm-hmm. half your time trying to track down data to prove why you're trying to get this grant. If you've already got it to begin with. So and
1: if the data is not out there and you can't prove it and there's no, you haven't talked to anybody, and you just think it will be a good idea. Do not apply for a grant. Just don't. Yeah. Just don't. <laughs> you can call me and I'll tell you. Nope. Nope. Um, in addition, I would say you got to got to be able to document the need somehow. And again, this is for grants, um, but also understand what your program priorities are, what you need to fund, um, what, what, what it kind of, what your priorities are. I think everyone wants general operating funding. And frankly, I think everyone should have general operating funding. And Amanda and I could find something else to do. We would, you know, we could just write beautiful letters to fund this, fund this fabulous organization. Here's some photos. Let us tell you why. Um, But yeah, don't worry about us. But until we get to that point, you're going to have to help them, prioritize what are the aspects of the program that are best suited for funding. Yeah. So there are two different things here. Where do you need the most? Generally, they're going to say we need admin help and we need more staffing. What is grant funding least likely to fund administrative assistance and program coordinator kinds of things that are more like background and not straight program delivery. I'm not saying I agree with it because we don't. I don't, but um, that's just, so part of as a grant pro. Part of it is that education process. What are the things you need the most? Out of those things, what things are most fundable through grants, and what are things that are probably more fundable through other sources? Exactly. I'm, at, for example, I'm working with a client now. They want to double their budget, and. And in four years, this is actually more of a fundraising strategy and an incredibly ballsy one, I think, that we have. (laughs) Um, But I think I think it can come together and work. But it's also we're choosing that direction because a lot of what they need is sort of the the capacity building within the organization through through staffing. Yeah. And that's not always the easiest grant fund grant request, but it can be it can be pulled together in other ways. Also, what are the, we talked about the data identifying the need in the community also around your program. You need to be able to talk about what problem it solves and how do you know you've solved it? Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Tracking. I mean, I hate outcomes. It sounds so impersonal, but it's like, Hey, if you're, if you're a food pantry, how do you, um, how do you manage that? I'm working with an organization that has a food pantry as a part of what they do. And tracking pounds distributed for them is really problematic for reasons, for technical reasons that I'm not going to go into. But the idea of, you know, tracking the people who shop, the kind of food maybe increases in healthy produce, those are the kinds of things that they can track without having to hire an extra person and buy expensive commercial scales. Yeah. Because that was kind of what they were looking at. So being able to sort of articulate those things and then keep explaining If you're looking for grants, that's the kind of detail that you need to have.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think understanding your programs is important, too, because there could be several grant funding opportunities that your agency is eligible for just by the nature of your thing. But if that's not the type of programming you're doing, it's not helping you. And you need to be able to not only articulate what you need to funders, but often you have to articulate what you need to your board members or members of the community who are trying to help, but they're like, but there's grants for all this oh. stuff. Yes. But we're not doing that stuff. We're doing this stuff. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of groaning from my yeah. <laughs> heart today.
1: I'm doing, but it's just like, Oh y'all no, 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 no. Cause if there was all that money out there, I don't, I don't want to get into a scarcity mindset, but I, in terms of grant funding, it's, it's not a money, money is out there, but it's not out there for every single thing. And I don't know where people. I don't know. Well, I don't know how it all got started, but it's here now. <laughs> it's kind of like you know, if you walk past a construction site and um, you're just who you are, sometimes you might get whistled at or yelled at or something. Mm-hmm. And it's. Well, and I know maybe it's been a long time with COVID since we've done that kind of thing, but I'm like, whoever gave and I'm assuming they're men that are doing that. Um, th- whoever what, whoever thought I know this is the best way to meet women is to holler at them. <laughs> did it work once like back in 1242? And and is it like documented on some tapestry somewhere? How did that happen? So, so I would just say that sometimes I feel like this rumor that grants are everywhere yes. and that you just aren't looking in the right place. It's like, yeah, how did that get started? That must have worked for someone back in 1242.
0: I and, guess so. You know, yeah. The first
1: wolf whistle and then the first, hey, Grant's, are, Grant's doth be everywhere, growing upon thy trees, trees. <laughs> that was bad. Let's just move on.
0: I'm clearly Shh, bad. I'm right going to start calling you Kimberly Shakespeare. <laughs> oh, no. That, I wish you wouldn't. Ooh. Shakespeare's like <laughs> spinning in his grave oh um, okay well that leads perfectly into my next topic which is <laughs> yes
1: please how dead dead authors lead into your next topic please, please. Well,
0: that's this the, up. how you? there is a yes there's a grant money but there's not grant money for everybody for yes. everything is part of the beginning steps is researching your funders right yes. so you need to determine first of all even which funders give to your types of organizations, right? Because some may only give to 501c3, some may only give to state governments, some may only give overseas. And or to tribal governments. Who knows? We don't know. Yeah. We
1: won't, you won't know until you read it. So
0: one, you want to know who, who can we even apply to to begin with, but then actually, who are we going to be competitive with? So, you know, just because you're eligible doesn't mean that you should necessarily be applying for that grant because you may not be, they may be giving out one and you only meet three of the 10 priorities they have. Chances are there's somebody out there that meets closer to the 10, right? So is it really worth I
1: feel worth like it? a slightly inappropriate metaphor coming
0: on. Bring it on. All right.
1: So, you know, I haven't had to date in quite a while and I, I'm i deeply grateful for that for so, so many reasons, but um. It's kind of like when you're dating and you're like looking, it, it, just because you're eligible, like if you are a woman looking for a man, you all you probably have some, you know, it, it's a little more than just biology. Yes. You need to have a few more qualifications than just woman looking for a man. So I would say, or man looking for a woman, or man looking for a man. I don't even care who's looking for whom at this point, but I'm just saying you... Just because yeah. biologically or somehow or through identification you meet that standard, that's that's probably not enough information for a, a healthy, happy relationship or any kind of relationship, really. Is that, am yeah. I good? Okay. You're good. I, I'm right.
0: picking up what you're All putting right. down. I'm so glad. Yep. Um, and something else I'm learning, I, as someone who came from that federal background, you know, we really don't build relationships with our funders first. We just apply, Right. With with federal funders. It's not like you're like getting to know each other. That doesn't happen. But on the private side, it does. And I've had some, again, going back to that, hey, let's apply. Well, first step is they want to email and talk to you. Well, but we don't have time to do that. Well, then... then you're going to waste your time paying me for a grant that's never going to get funded if we're not following those steps. And so funders that have an LOI first, or, hey, please email us for us, or we'd like to not talk kidding. to you on the phone. They're not kidding. Do that. Well, it behooves you because wouldn't you rather have a 30-minute conversation and then realize, oh, this isn't the right fit? Or would you rather spend 20 to 40 or more hours working on a proposal and then finding out it's not the right fit? So... Just make sure part of your research is you understand all the steps that need to be happening. So, and last but not least, I would say when it comes to researching is be realistic. I just did a demo of a research um, platform the other day, and it was amazing. And just putting in the parameters for one client, it popped up 163 potential funders. Woohoo! Now, are all of them going to be a right fit? No, no. But let's just say half of them were. Let me do my math. What is that? 80? (laughs) <laughs> 81 and a half <laughs> i applaud the in <laughs> your mathematical acumen oh do i oh. really for a, a client that i'm working very part-time with do i have time to write 81 grants this year no i don't so you're going to start winnowing it down even more you're yeah. going to probably create a grant you know if 12 of them are due in january i'm probably not going to be able to do 12 in january so you all i'm saying is just because there's lots of grants that fit you only have so many hours in the day. So even if it's someone you're working for full-time as an employee, there's still only so many grants that you can write in a day. I know Kimberly, you've had issues where fund year after year, employees are like, well, last year you wrote 50. So this year we need you to write 70. Oh, no. At we some were, point
1: we were approaching, we were in the oh, lower three digits, but that's yeah. okay. It was a grindhouse, but I learned a lot, but I tend to go for, if I'm, if I, if I were, were as a staff person again, or as a consultant now, I'm like, Hey y'all, which of these 80 take actually even accept unsolicited applications? Let's start there. Yes. Out of those 50, which of them is more than $2,500? And I'm not trying to, I'm just telling you like it is. If there's a, if I'm trying to fund a program that's $200,000, I'm like, let's go for, uh, let's go for,
0: let's go for the biggest ones. bang
1: for your buck. Yeah, if absolutely. I can write two grants for $50,000, let's do that. And yep. then and then that helps winnow it down. So there are lots of ways to approach it, um, but yeah, I think just being realistic, but also having that discussion with your employer or with your client. It's like just because they're all out there doesn't mean we should go for every one. Mm-hmm. So and also as a sort of part and parcel that we've been talking about discussing and educating and talking and explaining and listening and that a big part of that I would also say is putting together a grant team. And I know when I first started, I felt like low person um, in the organization, you know, in my cube and doing the best I could. But then I was like, as I got more experience, I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm the one helping or leading, spearheading, putting together these larger scale proposals and some small and medium ones, too. But there needs to be more interaction and there needs to be a team. And so for me, it was first conquering at the time. She's a lovely person, actually, but. Um, at this one organization, I she, the dragon lady of, the, of finance. No. <laughs> I mean, people were scared to go and talk to her. And she had her business together, but she wasn't, her bedside manner, I guess, if she were a doctor, you would want her to be the neurosurgeon versus the yeah. primary care. You yes. want somebody to get in mm-hmm. and get it done and not hold your hand and tell you it's going to be okay or whatever. So part of me was like, I am going to... Make this happen. Dun dun dun. I'm on this like girding your loins. I'm girding my loins. I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings sort of questy kind of thing today. But building that relationship and making her feel a part of that. We were on the same team. We're both about the financing this wonderful organization. So I would say, um maybe you're not at a director level where you could be like, do this, do that. Also, you shouldn't be that way because nobody's gonna like working for you but um, but um figuring out where to go to because you shouldn't have to do the whole thing no there's no reason for that when you have finance people you can go to to help with budgets you have program people or um staff people who are boots on the ground out in the field you have um um perhaps in a larger organization maybe marketing and communications people who have language and stories that you can use um when the best time to write a grant is when you already have that knowledge so that you're not putting that together on the fly when the rascal is due next friday and you're sweating it out you know just sort of knowing that beforehand absolutely and then it, it that way, also, you're not always last-minute larry people people. Because, I mean, I've done that before. Yes. I've forgotten things, and it's like, oh, I need this report by five, and it's three. Um, but because I was real careful to try and build those relationships, those moments when I messed up, it was a lot easier for me to just say, hey, I really messed up, and I am sorry,
0: but mm-hmm. I do need this, and I apologize, and here's some chocolate. Yes. That seemed to work well. There you go. Um, and... So obviously working with your peers and your coworkers. Yep, yep. Another big important thing is having that support from either your boss or your board or both really, right? So you want to make sure that the powers that be, not only that they're supportive of grants in general, because I will tell you, I have worked for a couple of council members who just thought, they didn't like grants for different reasons, um, particularly when it came to federal grant funding well, and its what? taxes you're spending. And I'm you're not really... a fan
1: of grants yeah. sometimes, too. too. Um, I mean, like, um, you but know. you
0: want them to be a fan of grants in general. Um, but but if also, they want you to get grants, it would be helpful if they were helpful. in favor of it somehow. Yeah. But you also want them to be supportive of the agencies that you're approaching. Mm-hmm. You know, there may be some funders that they're like, hey... I don't really believe the same thing as this agency. And so maybe we don't need to take money from them. Fair. Um, You want them to be supportive of the projects you're funding. You know, you don't want to be hearing, well, why are you, why are you getting money for that instead of this? Yeah. It was interesting. Um, When I worked for the city of Alpharetta, I always had to present the grant before we submitted it because we were investing time and resources and council needed to be aware. And I was totally fine to submit it. And there was one project, I'm trying to even remember what it was now, but anyway, one of the council members was like, why are you doing that project? Did it? And finally, I had to say, I said, what do you mean, why am I doing this? This is for the such and such department. They thought me as the grant writer came in and would tell the police chief or the, you know, the IT director, this is what we're going with. I'm like, I don't know this stuff. I said, I know how to write grants. So they know how to run their department. I was like, this is their project, not mine. And that kind of, they were like, oh. Well, if the police chief says he needs it, you know, um, which is fine because we got it done. But it's just interesting. You need they need to understand how it all works and really just they need to be supportive of it. Because if they're not, it's not going to go really well. It's just going to make um, it that much Yeah. And oftentimes... Um, especially in big federal grants, match money is required. So Hello. you need them to be supportive, to be willing to say, oh, yes, and they are going to this understand.
1: this Sometimes they need to back up and understand what a match is. Well,
0: there's that too. And yep. what
1: qualifies and what doesn't, and which yes. can change with every grant. So again, it's about education because mm-hmm. if they're like saying, oh, well, we can get the match later. We expect this money to come in later. Yep. It's like, you got to have it when the grant says you've got to have it is usually before you turn in that grant. Yeah. You need to be able to prove that.
0: And use, if you've managed a grant before, you know, they typically don't pay you to manage that grant. Like I, as a grant professional, I have never been paid from, like working for a full-time organization, it's not like the grant paid for me it's to turn of in like, those grant reports. It's, maybe it's like or It's somewhere embedded in indirect costs somehow. It, it may be somehow there. There's but some exceptions. Yes, but it's not like the grant's going to go, oh, you've got a grant writer who's managing all this for you? Let us give them $10,000 towards their salary to help. That It doesn't happen. So okay. it's costing you something, right? It
1: may have happened somewhere because I, I remember once well, when true. I was teaching, someone was like, well, I remember a time where they actually didn't talk like that, but it kind of <laughs> felt like that. I'm like, okay, Holmes, you yeah. Yeah, there's sure. all there's, there's an, an exception, exception to
0: every role, right? We're speaking of our experience. Yes. All that to say is grants cost money on the back end, no matter yeah, how much do. money they're giving you, it's going to cost you something to implement it. And they need to understand that and they need to be supportive of that. Because if they're not, then you're not going to be able to get the reports done and the programming done. And then you're going to fail at the grant and may have to pay it back, and it's a whole thing. And support from the powers that be is important, is basically what I'm saying here. <laughs>
1: And the golem's gonna get that ring and the quest will be over and it's gonna be bad, y'all. It's gonna be bad. Mm. My precious. Yes. So anyway, (laughs) I I think it's probably about time to wrap this up because I'm (laughs) literally going going off off
0: the reservation. I'm going
1: way away from where I started out. But you know what? That's what makes this fun. I, I would say that we've hit the highlights. And if this is something that you're super familiar with, I'm hoping that we gave you something. Um, maybe a a new language, maybe a way to talk about it. Maybe use the Lord of the Rings as a metaphor. Who knows what might work? Um, but, um, we just tried to hit those basics about the getting to the
0: right time to write a grant Mm -hmm. involves a lot of prep work. Yeah. And the reality is it may take some time to get there. So you may have an organization that you work for, that you consult for, that they're, they're ready. They want money but they really may not be ready. And so if you can do those things first, I'm just telling you, it's going to save you a lot of heartache. Got want a lot of things right here, right now. And I don't always get them. Dang it.
1: I'm just thinking about that. I don't know who said this, but that maybe it was from some movie, but it was like man in hell wants a glass of water. And yeah, sometimes you're just not in the right place to get what you want. So let me move on from that and say, an answer to the question, when the right when is the right time to go for grants is when you do have these basics in place, um, and everyone is sort of on the same page about where it is you're going to go, and you found that right fit, and that still doesn't mean that you will get the grant, but it puts you in such a better position to be. Um, to demonstrate the worthiness of the organization and the mission and just to move forward with the project. And, you know, so much of that is just preparing and being
0: ready. Yeah, And basically, this episode boils down to a friendly reminder that grants are not simple, they're not easy, nor are they fast. Um, nope. So successful grant recipients put in the time, the planning and the effort, not only in applying for the money, but to be best poised for submitting a successful application, which means they are grant ready. So it's worth it to do all these things first. is what we're saying. That's exactly what we're saying. Well put. Thank you again to our Season 5 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We so appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website at dhleonardconsulting.com to download their latest free resources today.
1: Well, thank you for listening. Your continued support is the reason we are back for season five. I still can't believe that. Please follow and leave a review of Fundraising Heyday on Apple Podcasts or, or on Spotify, if that's where you're, you're finding us, and follow and share the show with your friends. Those reviews and those referrals help get us out in front of more people who
0: we hope would be able to learn and perhaps be slightly entertained by uh, joining us. We're so honored you chose to spend time with us today and hope you tune in for our next episode. We're doing a two-parter talking about grants. The why is silent. Please join us all year as we're dropping episodes every other Thursday. Bye for now. Bye.